0: on this great day I am certainly glad for a number of things including that I am not allergic to flowers (laughs) and I'm glad and I know you are too to be able to rejoice in something greater than that because Jesus Christ is risen risen let's be seated as we ponder this great thing All Lent long, we've been looking at a prayer, the prayer that Jesus taught and gave us to pray. We've been looking at it part by part by part. And a couple of days ago on Good Friday, it was the seventh and last petition that we saw merge with Jesus' death, but deliver us from evil. Is this the end of the prayer, a question? Is this the end of Jesus? No. No. Either. Both. No. Because Jesus Christ is risen. Is risen indeed. Uh, Get used to it, folks. (laughs) Get used to it. You know, there have been throughout history a number of life-changing, world-changing events. I can't help but think about the reformation of the Christian church. It came long time ago, most important, to get Jesus back in focus, all of him. And, and with that was a world-changing event, not just for the Reformation's message to come clearly out, but the printing press also changed everything, everything about the world in communication. So did World War II. Changed a lot of lives, many, many lives. In 9-11, to be sure, our lives were changed, maybe even for a long time. And speaking of a long time change, not too long ago, COVID, COVID COVID-19 hit, and it hit hard. A lot of people, sick, a number of people died, businesses, and even churches shut down social interactions limited, if not uh, abbreviated or even cut off altogether. But, But there is one thing better, one thing that is more life changing, more earth shattering than all of this. And that is what you and I know as the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Without Easter, think about that. Without Easter, there would be no Christians. Without Easter, as we read from 1 Corinthians 15, there would be no Christian church. There would be no St. Michael. There would be no St. John or whatever saint kind of church one can see. There would be no pastors. There would be no professionals in church work. As a matter of fact, Good Friday, if it were really the end, there would be no nothing except perhaps a memory, a memory of a great man who did great things and left a lasting impression. Without Easter, totally absent would be so many of the wonderful gifts Christianity has given to the world in the name and for the sake of Jesus Christ. Without Easter, my worst fear would come true. Today I'd be selling used cars. Or I would be back to the job I had in the summers of college of driving a catering truck and feeding sometimes some disgruntled employees because of the food. Or without Easter, I would probably be a janitor. Again, a long list on my resume of such jobs. But we have memories, not just of the past, but memories of a great man that carry over to today, a man who died, but who was raised from the dead by God, his father. Jesus Christ is risen, he's risen indeed, hallelujah. That event changed everything and it will continue to change everything this side of heaven. What better way to connect than these two things. Jesus said, I'm the resurrection and the life. He said that about himself. He is the resurrection, he rose, and he is the life even to this very day. And connected also to the prayer he gave us. The prayer he gave us, thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory. That wonderful end connects so much with a beginning for Him and a new beginning for us. We pray, for thine is the kingdom. The kingdom. You know, who rules and how that person comes to exercise power and rule over people. It's a very interesting subject. You look through history and you see all kinds of things from jousting and maneuvering within families, with even murdering within families, if you know your history, with warfare on a big or a smaller scale, with intrigue and betrayal of all kinds, posturing. And today, well, there's still the posturing. There's a lot of money. As there was, there still is backing and influence Politics, conspiracies, strategies, all aimed at gaining the kingdom. The resurrection says, as does the Lord's prayer, thine is the kingdom. It belongs to God. It belongs to his son, Jesus. He rules, but he rules not in the way you and I would expect quite differently as a matter of fact. Jesus earned his rulership. It wasn't handed to him on a silver platter. In fact, he earned it even to the point of giving his life. He didn't have to fight for it. He gave himself willingly and through it he received that kingdom. An impact that resulted In him opening the kingdom of heaven to all believers the kingdom where he rules let me say it again jesus rules but not as expected in his case the expectations were low too low much too low the hopes in jesus day would be that he would overthrow the romans who occupied the nation of Israel, that Israel would rise and he at the very top of that new kingdom. But it's not how it worked out. Slowly but surely people began to understand. And now the kingdom, it's his, not just for a period of time, short or long. And he rules, and he rules quite differently because he rules over life. And because of his resurrection, he rules over death. You tell me, what greater rule is there than Jesus Christ is risen? He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Because of that, at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, the scriptures say. Thine is the kingdom and thine is the power you know we people long for power even when we're little I mean the tussles begin very quickly after birth and we begin to grow even a little bit and what do we play among other things king of the hill king of the hill and other type games where we want to be on top but we also realize it's not for long Spouses try it nonetheless, trying to get the upper hand. And kids in families, if they are there, they too jostle for position with one another and even with parents. And so the rest of us, whether it's in the realm of community or work, we look for power. But we profess every time we pray, and we say it today again and again, Thine is the power, the real power, the ultimate power. It's God's. It doesn't take long to realize our power, not that great. Maybe it's a tragedy. May it be it's something that slaps us in the face. We begin to realize, well, we thought we were pretty powerful, but now we've encountered a greater power. A person, a circumstance, a disease even death of a loved one we realize that but we also realize sooner or later that god has the power he is omnipotent all powerful when we look around at easter you know it's not just something about mother nature who brings to new life flowers and leaves on the trees, and whatever else we can think of, apart from the the Easter eggs that are on trees, which I still don't understand. Any of those, all of those are but a dim reminder of the real, the very important part about God's power. A power over all of that, and a power over life and death through Jesus Christ. Eternal life. What an impact upon this world. That power brings people like you and me back here again and again and again. Because it's just overwhelming. It's almost too much to comprehend in one shot. Jesus rose from the dead and there's power in that message. The kingdom, the power and the glory, the glory of Easter. You know, you heard red. Nobody saw Jesus rise from the dead. Nobody saw him come out of that tomb. But there were eyewitnesses that saw him afterwards. There were no bodies or a body that was found. There were only grave cloths left behind. There were no counterclaims of Jesus' enemies. Instead, there were a lot of first-hand accounts as we heard in today's reading from First Corinthians about those who were face-to-face with the risen Jesus. Jesus the Christ. One and two and a few and 500 and more. Nobody saw it happen, but they saw the one for whom it happened. That event has got to be awesome. Whether we saw it or not, we've seen the risen Christ as those before us with glory. And we can even begin to think about the glory of that tomb opening. It's a glory that even goes beyond all of that. Nothing could ever compare to Jesus Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Thine is the kingdom. Thine is the power. Thine is the glory. Forever, forever. That's the impact to be sure the kingdom, not just for a while. Kingdoms come, kingdoms go. The power, power fades. It moves from one person to the other, never is ultimate. Thine's the kingdom, the power, the glory, none to surpass this Easter day. Forever and ever. As many of us say, forever and ever. That's the kind of impact Easter has had, you know, I'm still trying to wrap my mind around forever. I don't get it, except on dictionary terms forever and ever. That's a long time, a a really long time. I'll never quite fully get it. Will you grasp it? But I'm looking forward to it. And maybe then maybe I'll be able to comprehend it, but only as you and I in faith live it. Jesus blasted a hole in life and in death and he opened that grave not just so he could be seen and live but that all of us could pass through our own tomb our own grave to go to the next phase of eternal life do you remember what Jesus said it was the occasion earlier in his ministry he said I'm the resurrection and the life He said it of himself. It is true, but it wasn't just about him. I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me will live, even though he dies. Whoever lives in me will never die. I remember our dishwasher went on the blink, called the repairman out, and he said, "Uh, have you got a warranty? I said, no, it's not worth it. He said, well, you know, you really ought to buy it. But I think I knew something to trump that. You know, warranties, they're limited. Even a lifetime warranty has got the small print, right? They don't last. They can't ensure that whether it's a dishwasher, stove, or whatever. But Jesus Christ is risen. (laughs) He's risen indeed. And that goes... That goes forever. Amen. And that's how we end the Lord's Prayer. That's how we end a lot of things. Even Easter. As a kid, I remember the amens of the service very distinctly. That was the time as a little guy, I turned around and packed up what was on the pew, getting ready to go and saying, we're almost done. I see the end. Soon to go. Well, amen is not just something to mumble. It's something to say out loud and to say with force and with vigor, boldly and confidently. Amen is the exclamation point not only to the prayer Jesus gave, but to Easter itself. Jesus Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Amen. And not just the (laughs) Baptists. We all have a share in the Amen. Because that is the main thing that is for us all. It's a fitting statement for both the Lord's Prayer and for Easter. The greatest thing that has changed all of history and always will be number one. Today, we celebrate two things. We celebrate the epitome of Jesus life, his ministry, and his ultimate payment for our sins and the sins of the world, his completed mission. We also celebrate the last part of the Lord's prayer that we've been looking at for so many weeks now. I think the two go together and go together very well. Powerful, meaningful kind of way all for one big new beginning beginning at that grave open with jesus alive and the promise of life for us because jesus christ is risen he is risen indeed so let's speak of our faith as we stand amen